Gospel according to Mark, chapter 12. Glory to you, O Lord. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that Jesus answered them well, he asked him, Which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, The first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father in heaven and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our memories are fascinating. Um, you know, maybe there's a song that makes you remember how you felt some October morning, who you were with so many years ago, and when you hear it, it just brings you back. Maybe the smell of pumpkin spice brings up deep memories of a family gathering of fall festivals, or your favorite trip through the Starbucks drive through If that's your thing, go for it. Some people have something like a photographic memory it's not really photographic, but uh, called eidetic memory, where people can continue to see a picture, an image, after only glancing at it for a few seconds and can recall what they saw. Most of us, though, are a forgetful bunch. We need to hear something over and over again, and we need to get our muscles to remember emotion or repeat a song over and over again to learn the lyrics. But if you want to learn something, you must practice, right? Practice makes progress, not perfect. Practice makes progress. When I wanted to learn to play the guitar, I was about 11 years old. I took a couple of lessons. Mostly I would find the songs I wanted to play out of a guitar magazine, and I would uh, practice those just about every single day. Only I didn't really learn the whole song. I only learned pieces. And, uh, and I'd play those pieces over and over again. Actually, my dad was the first one to, to teach me the few songs that he knew. There was, uh, yeah, Sweet Home Alabama, Stairway to Heaven. And then uh, this one, there was this one little riff he taught me that incorporates a kind of a fundamental guitar technique. And I, I would just play that same riff over and over and over again. I never knew where it came from. I didn't know the song. It wasn't something they played on the radio. But it was almost 20 years later, and I was working at a radio station in Los Angeles, and I heard that riff that had been so burned into my memory that I still play when I pick up a guitar every now and then on Little Steven's Underground Garage. You know Little Steven from uh, the Bruce Springsteen band? Yeah, yeah, he had this garage rock show, and, and I heard this song, and I went, that's this thing that I've been playing for so long. I don't even remember the name of the song now, but I was like, that was it. It never left me. Having that repeated and repeated over and over again meant that it stayed with me all those years. And I don't practice guitar anymore like I used to, so I tend to forget a lot of the songs that I even used to know. But you put the music in front of me, and I can follow along most of the time. In Deuteronomy, Moses gives a series of messages to people before they are to enter into the promised land. And we hear Moses repeat the law handed down from God, the Ten Words, the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. And like the sheet music to a song they've forgotten, 
He reminds the people what God has asked of them and that they would continue to be in relationship with the God of their ancestors. That's right. This is a new group. This is a new assembly gathered, the ancestors of those ones who lived in slavery in Egypt. They wandered for 40 years in the desert, and they heard these commandments, but they were frustrated or forgetful, and they rebelled. Now these ones, their children, the next generation, are getting ready to go into the new place. Yes, that place already has people in it that worship other gods that live differently. Could this be a primer on living as God's people in a new place, a contrast community in a new culture? Could be. But more than that, it is a reminder of God's promise to be their God and the encouragement to hold true to that deep relationship and salvation that God offers. Moses gives them the law, the way to live in freedom as God's people. They were no longer slaves, no longer forced to serve any other master but the Lord, their God. And they were facing a massive change that no doubt held excitement, but fear as well. They would not be a wandering people anymore. They would have a homeland, and they might have been wondering, how are we supposed to live now? So Moses reminds them. He tells the story for them again. He gives them the Ten Commandments. The Lord is the only God. Do not treat God's name as a curse. Don't work every day of the week like you did in Egypt. Take time for rest and for worship. Care for the ones who care for you. Don't kill. Don't cheat. Don't steal or lie. Don't work to take away what belongs to your neighbor. Moses reminded all the people of what living in freedom is going to look like. And they needed to hear it again and again and again. He reminds them who they are. They belong to God, and God's got this. Rolf Jacobson at Luther Seminary notes that this is a word given not just to that second generation after Egypt, but for the next one and the next one, and for each one of us too. The text in Hebrew includes repetition for emphasis. You heard it. Not with our ancestors did the Lord make this covenant, but with us, who are all of us, here, alive, today. You hear this, people? I'm talking about you. This is God's word of love and relationship and freedom. And if we only hear the Ten Commandments as limits, well, we're missing part of that picture. We are all in relationships, and we know that relationships have Boundaries. Boundaries are good. These boundaries tell us how to be in relationship with God and how to care for one another. Left to our own devices, we will forget. We will forge ahead with our own plans, our own works, some intended for good, some not. And we will fall again and again. We'll break every command, love ourselves most and first and at the expense of others. Don't believe me? Jack and I, we were just talking about this. This is our history. This is our story. We mess it up. We do it again and again. We don't like rules. That might be part of it. Human beings don't like limits. We'd rather do what we want to do and fulfill our own needs and desires first and often. Moses continues as he's talking to the people with the words of the Shema. 
this powerful reminder of who God is and includes the commands to love the Lord with all their heart and soul and might. This central verse in Judaism is still repeated by observant Jewish families twice a day and in Orthodox practice strapped to the foreheads and the arms of people. Bind them to your foreheads, to your hands. Those little boxes, they contain this verse. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is God, the Lord alone. In those little boxes called phylacteries is the word of God. This very verse is posted in boxes pinned to doorposts, mezuzahs, as a blessing for the home and reminder of the power of God's word. That it would be near to us everywhere we go, every time we come in the door. Every night my children say their prayers before they go to bed, and they say the same prayers every night, right? I remind them that they can pray any way they want to. They can talk to God using their own words, but after saying the same prayer for so many years, it's what comes out. It's the way they're most comfortable talking to God. And many of us have tried to teach our children the Lord's Prayer, the Apostles' Creed, the Ten Commandments the same way. Repetition. Practice. If we want God's word to stick with us as we grow, we need to hear it again and again. It's not a bad thing. Most of us do tend to fall out of practice from time to time. Not a bad thing to recommit, to challenge ourselves to read the Bible a little more, to engage with Scripture regularly, to enter into the story of God as a daily practice, that it would be close to our minds and close to our hearts. We need to be reminded of who we are as well. We get this reminder as we come to worship where we confess the ways that we've fallen short of the law, all the times we've messed up, and then we hear this promise of forgiveness in Jesus Christ, who is the Lord. And we hear the good news that we're not condemned but rescued from bondage too because of Jesus. He's got this. We hear that we are freed from bondage to sin, to selfishness, to self-worship, to fear, and to death. Reminded of our freedom to love God and love one another despite all the ways that we've failed. Reminded of our freedom to share the heart of Christ in the heart of the city and everywhere we go. And it's not what we do, but what Jesus is doing in us. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. This good news communicates first and foremost God's power, God's sovereignty. It also notes the relationship between God and God's people. Our God is the Lord. And it's the answer to the question Jesus gives when asked by the scribe, which commandment is the greatest? Spoiler alert, Jesus is a Jew. Jesus knows the law. This question poses no problem for him. He's got this. He then goes on to distill and expand the law of caring for not only the immediate family, not only the Jewish neighbor, but for every neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. This all-inclusive command is the unlimited love of God, grace unbounded for all, given through the living word, Jesus Christ. It's good news, not just for the scribe who asks the question, not just for the Jewish people, but for each one of us. Love God, love neighbor. Can you say that with me? Love God, love neighbor. 
I say love God, you say love God. Love God. Love neighbor. love neighbor. Practice it. Say it over and over again. Remind one another. Teach children. Tell a friend. What are we about? Love God. Love neighbor. We have to repeat it. We have to practice because faith is hard at times. And it's difficult to always put God first. We are who we are. Sinners in need of a savior. A forgetful people, a broken people, sheep that go missing from time to time. And when we see the limits, we see where we've strayed. We might give up on God, on ourselves, and on each other. But God has not given up on us. God has not given up on you. Be reminded that we are ones called, commanded, inspired to love God and love our neighbors. Thankfully, God doesn't work with perfect circumstances. God doesn't just show up for a perfect people. He's got this. This church is one that is making a difference. That you are here means that someone else gets to come and eat. That you show up and participate in ministry here means that a family might have a place to stay for a night. That you come and sing century-old hymns means that someone else's faith might be uplifted. Someone is encouraged to carry on, to find strength in their time of need. That you come to this table and receive the body and blood of Jesus might feel like an old habit at times. But one day, someday, that you might find that he's been transforming you. We don't get it right all the time, and there are consequences. They hurt we feel the pain that comes from broken relationships, and we may carry that cross a while. Just know that when we fail, we will be reminded again. We will be welcomed back into God's mercy and grace through the love of Jesus, the ever-present, living, and active word of God. Keep it close to your heart, on your mind, on your doorway, everywhere you go. And know that Jesus is always coming to you through the word. Showing up to remind you who you are, not perfect, but loved and beloved, righteous, enough, whole, holy. Amen.